0: this is birth confidential with tj
1: thanks for checking out birth confidential if you get a chance to rate and review the podcast i would really appreciate it and love it because it helps others find the podcast more easily this episode is with Cece. We talked a lot about pregnancy anxieties and, and things that we didn't know that no one told us about during pregnancy or even after pregnancy. She also talked a lot about race and being a Black woman in 2020 and her fears and feelings after George Floyd was murdered, knowing that she was raising a Black male. She found out she was pregnant March 17th, 2020, the day the world shut down. So she's also had a pandemic baby. I know these conversations aren't always easy to have, but they're very very, very important to have and to listen. And I know I learned a lot in this episode. Here's Cece giving us a background of how her and her husband met. Um, I guess I can go way back. So my husband and
0: I are 28 and we're both from Knoxville. And we actually didn't meet until college. So we started dating my junior year and then we got married um, October 2017. So we always had the conversation about kids like, I'm super like, you have to have those conversations before even thinking about getting engaged. You always knew we wanted a family. It's just whenever it felt right. So then about two years into our marriage, that's when we kind of decided just to kind of like let go and let God type of thing. And um, I found that I was pregnant the day the world shut down, like my first day working from home. I honestly took a pregnancy test because I was like, we're in quarantine. And at this time, if you can remember, we had no idea how long this was going to last. Like my job was like, we're going to be home for two weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, little do we know. (laughs) (laughs) And and I took a pregnancy test because I was like, I want to drink. I need to make sure I'm not pregnant because I had some other symptoms, like I found out I was pregnant like three weeks, like six days, like super early, like before I even oh, in wow. this like, period. Yeah. yeah. And I had some symptoms. Um, I was just kind of going crazy a little bit. my husband was like, you need to pee on a stick, like right now. <laughs> and it wasn't positive. It was too early. And then the next week, it was that week that the world shut down and I had tested positive. And then it was just like a whirlwind since.
1: When it immediately shuts down, are you able to go to the doctor?
0: Nothing was open at this time. And I remember like each appointment, at least here in Nashville, the more open it got. It was like kind of weird. My first appointment, it was like a ghost town. No one was on the interstate. No one was on the streets. Like it was kind of insane, like thinking back. Thankfully, my husband was able to come to every appointment with me. But I know that wasn't the case for everyone in Nashville.
1: Yeah. I was real
0: lucky. because yeah. I have a lot of women who are by themselves.
1: I cannot imagine having to go through that without my husband. I'm such a right. freak out when it comes to being pregnant Same. anyway, that it's your first baby. Of course, like, and why doesn't the father get to experience, you know, hearing right. the, the first time and doing all those things for the first time Right. Too? That's unfair.
0: And, you know, it's already a nerve-wracking situation. Like for me, pregnancy is just like holding your breath. The whole time like you're just trying to get through each step and mm-hmm. then i realized being a new mom that those fears don't go away it's just something new you have to worry about oh yeah. like i thought eventually like once he was here i'd feel better about my, like, my anxiety and it just like gets worse like no. it's just a new thing <laughs> you have to worry about like
1: <laughs> i know they start driving they're saying <laughs> yes. yeah it's like one thing after another right I feel right like. And
0: I was telling my mom that, and she was like, you know, you're almost 30. And I, you know, I have a lot of fear for for you and I I worry about you. So I don't think it ever ends. I think that's parenthood.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. The world is bonkers right Right. now. So it's, and it's not just COVID. Mm -hmm. It's like so much stuff happening. No one could have been prepared for 2020.
0: And I feel like um, everyone in some sense has learned something about themselves, their families, like what, you know. There's things I thought I never could do and I was able to do during the pandemic, just like mentally getting mm-hmm. through all that. Basically, like, I got to tell my entire family over FaceTime. Like I wasn't able to tell. I told one friend in person and that was just like by luck. She came through Nashville like that week But like my mom, my dad, my siblings, all over FaceTime. Like it just like wasn't what I pictured it was going to yeah. be, you know? You almost kind of have to grieve like what you thought it was going to be for you when you're like first time being like pregnant, you know, being a new mom, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like when you're getting married, like you have this vision of like your wedding and vision of how it's going to look like to tell your parents and keep ways to tell them. And even like my husband, I wasn't able to like go to Target because I was terrified because of the pandemic. I wanted to go to Target, like a onesie and like surprise him. And I I couldn't do that. I to tell him.
1: So do you feel like you got cheated out of all of those things when it comes to being a first time mom?
0: A little bit. I do. But now that I'm six months postpartum, have been through it from the beginning of the pandemic to now, I try to look at the like the pros. I'm able to be home with my baby. If it yeah. was pre-COVID, he would have to go to daycare at like 12 weeks. So it's, there's just so many pros, you know, and I, I'm able to decide who can come see my baby. I know a yeah. lot of my friends were very overwhelmed when they first had a baby. Like at the hospital, people would come and it was just very chaotic and you're trying to like heal. Like there's just so many things that people don't talk about when it comes to pregnancy, postpartum, being a new mom. And I couldn't imagine on top of that, having people trying to like come into your room and come into your house want to see the baby which is nice but it can be yeah. very overwhelming it was all like an our core like we were able to decide who was going to come to our house and people kind of just feel it
1: yeah respect it the way of the world right now right so going through all the doctor's appointments and your husband could go did they give you any like rules or restrictions
0: we had to wear masks but even like now I feel like doctors are kind of vague when they try to give you advice when it comes to the pandemic at least that's my yes, experience
1: me too like they
0: don't give you like any type of guidelines i don't think i was like 10 or 12 weeks pregnant like that that um second or third appointment i asked my doctor like can i see family like like what should i do and they they really didn't say much they were just like it's your decision mm-hmm. and i'm like you're the doctor you know, and even with like the vaccine and like things like that, like I asked him and the pediatrician, they encourage it, but it's like, they don't, I don't know what the deal is. I'm not a doctor. I'm not in that field. But I think with the pandemic, I just thought it was kind of odd that, especially back then, like we really didn't know much. Like now they know more about it with, you know, people who are pregnant with COVID. I took it very seriously. Like so, I did not leave my house for a while. Like my yeah. whole first trimester, I did not leave. Like I did not go to a public place besides my appointments.
1: Did you order your groceries to be delivered? Same. Yes. I ordered
0: everything. Like did you wipe we them off? Yes. <laughs> I, I put them in my garage, like, you know, so waited about hours. And then they finally were like, you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. I just remember going, I remember because like the first trimesters are already pretty scary. Yeah. And then on top of it, like with COVID, I was just terrified to even leave. So if we had to leave, you know. It's not worth it to chance it yeah at that time i didn't know anyone who was pregnant that had covid now more people like celebrities are coming out saying they're pregnant and they have covid and all of that but back then no one had it
1: yeah so you're just afraid of getting it the whole time did the doctors tell you what you should do if you thought that you had covid or if you did get covid no because you wouldn't be able no. to go into the doctor's office.
0: Nothing. I mean, they always ask those questions, like, do you have a fever? I remember asking him to go to the dentist because I need to get my teeth clean. Like, i I'm was really important in pregnancy. And um, he was like, yeah, that's fine. He was very, like, nonchalant. He was, he was a very practical doctor. I had a good experience with him. But with all COVID, it was just, like, kind of up in the air. Kind of my, like, your decision. People on, like on Instagram and everything that were pregnant that'd did crazy. They would go out to eat, go on vacation. And like, I was just, how are they doing? I like, know. My anxiety was I like,
1: know. hell no, you know? I know, I envy those yeah. people to an extent where I'm just like, God, I wish I felt that way. Like, I wish I could just be like, Eh, and just go and not be afraid of right. you know what could happen if we did get COVID. We had a, a little bit of a scare at the end of Christmas, and mm-hmm. um, my husband tested positive, but ended up being a false positive. Like I was negative, my whole family is negative. Great, that's good. He went 24 hours later, tested negative, another 20, he, every 24 hours he tested, and they were all negative, except that one random one. And none of us had any symptoms or anything, but it was just like scary. right. He was out of control out of control like
0: people would have showers i know like for me i went into it like with my expectations low of what i could do with like having a shower and doing all that but i think people who were pregnant towards the end of 2019 like no one can have a shower at that point yeah. i feel like they have a different experience being pregnant when it was like pre-covid and then going into the pandemic being like deep in your pregnancy and yeah. then having to be fear for that everything just like made it worse
1: yeah pandemic, at
0: least for me Well, yeah, because you're already kind
1: of stressed out and then you add the stress of a pandemic on top of it, not knowing anything. And every time I would ask the doctor anything, You're right. Like They're just so vague. And I would be on some of these COVID um, Facebook pages just Uh because I was like, I'm going to be prepared for everything. I want to know. Right. And um, a lot of people are like, oh, my doctor just prescribed ivermectin. Or they're like, oh, my doctor just will do this. I'm like, where are you finding these doctors? Because my doctors are just like, go with your gut. No. I feel
0: like towards the end of my pregnancy, I don't know if they just have seen a lot of, you know situations happening but those appointments are so quick until you're like in the thick of it and then yeah. my doctor would spend some like quality time with me going over different things and actually having a conversation at the beginning it was just kind of like okay there was a heartbeat and I'm like, it's so hard to ask questions. And even now, like now that I'm a six month old, his doctor asked all the appropriate questions. It's just so overwhelming. <laughs>
1: so before you got pregnant, did you have like a- an idea of how you wanted the birth to go? Did it have to change at all?
0: I mean, I've always wanted a hospital birth because my anxiety works. You know, anything emergency, I don't want to be at home and then have to drive myself to the hospital. You know what I'm saying? But that's just me. Like I'd rather be in a situation where like I have one doctor that can do anything. My degree in college was sociology. And so I learned a lot about just different statistics um, with being a Black woman. And that was something when I started to think about pregnancy, I tried to find a doctor that would take me seriously being a Black woman. Like I had to like get proactive with it. Because I saw the statistics in college that, you know, were seven times more likely to die, die than white women, you know, in childbirth. Not only that, black children too, like black babies. So it's like hand in hand. So I had yeah. learned that in college. I was like 21. I was like, oh my God, want to begin that chapter. I'm going to really have to like do my research more than like, obviously like a white person would have to do. Yeah. Like they don't, some of my friends didn't even have to think about that. And when I told them that, they were like, what? You actually have to think about that? I'm like, yeah. I think I started seeing my doctor like two or three years before I got pregnant.
1: How do you find a doctor that takes you seriously and aligns with what you want? Do you go in and just have an interview? Do you research them? What is that process like?
0: I originally, I was trying to find a black doctor. And I just couldn't find one that aligned with my insurance. At the time, I think there is like an app or something, I can't remember the name, but someone told me about it, that helps you find Black doctors. So I know know that's a resource now, but back then I just, um, I asked my friends. I I had a coworker that was Black, and I asked her experience, and she loved her doctor. And so I just went to him. And then at the time, I had a pain on my right side that a doctor would not give me a scan. I had two other doctors, and they'd ignored it, saying I was fine. And he was like the first doctor to give me a scan. And so I was like, okay, I can trust him now. It was amazing. I was very fortunate. But if I didn't do that, I would not have had that experience, I don't think remember like it was really hard on my husband and I feel like the men are like your part they get kind of like pushed to the side neglected in a sense um, yeah their concerns and like their voices are kind of quieted a little bit because it's, it's all about us our bodies mm-hmm. our rights But at the same time he knew everything about like the dangers of me giving birth it was high anxiety and it was hard to talk about it because um I'm biracial it's so, like my mom's white mm-hmm. and it was something that it was hard for her to digest. Um, I kind of was like gaslit my entire life about like the struggles of being a black woman, black Hispanic woman, anything can offend me. But like, like, (laughs) because my dad's from the Dominican Republic, he's been raised there. So like I have all different, you know, situations going on. But I grew up in their predominantly white community. And I had a lot of like good friends just not understand. Even friends who dated outside their race but did not understand. So they they're like in this bubble. Like when I would talk to I'm very vocal, very communicated my whole life. Yeah. And when I learned about it in college, I was screaming it from their rooftops. And I felt so frustrated. I felt like um, a huge weight was on my shoulders to educate my white friends. And it wasn't until 2020 mm-hmm. until I got pregnant, and everything that's happened. And, like, with BLM and just everything that went on in 2020, I realized, like, that isn't my job. Yeah. And it was something that I had to really, like, focus in on and understand, like, even regardless, like, your friendships kind of shift when you're pregnant and, like, when you have a new baby, which yeah. i learned. But I, my whole life, I love my mom to death. Like, she, she was a great mom, but there was just some things that I would try to tell her. And I think it was just hard for her to hear because I'm her daughter. Yeah. And she didn't want to hear me and she couldn't relate. And it's just yeah. it's taken like, we've talked about race more in 2020 than we have my entire life. And like, I'm black. It's something that um, I'm super passionate about. Like, I, I try to hold it back a little bit because I do force my opinion <laughs> I'll talk about it, whatever. And if someone says something, I'm going to say something about it. But I really have had to um, kind of readjust the way that I refrain from talking to people because I've had friends, honestly, that have really pissed me off over the years that they'll date a culture but not care about it. And that's just something that like really had bothered me or like I'll tell them stories and they were saying I'm being dramatic. Like there's no way that like someone could, could be like that towards you because you're black. Like it was just something that was just so above their head. I would get gaslight. It was awful. It took me like, probably, like 15 years of trauma to understand like what's going on. I mean, everyone has childhood trauma, in my opinion. Yeah. In some degree. Mm-hmm. Something is happening in your childhood that has affected your adulthood. Right. And it was something that all just came out in 2020 and then yeah. finding out I was pregnant with a black son was just like the icing on the cake for me I was just, in a different way I was just like this is insane like this is such a unique experience that not many people have or will ever experience like yeah. being pregnant with a black son like when George Floyd is murdered having to think about that I have to think about like when yeah. my son goes from cute to a threat at six months like, I have to think about that. I know. And no one does, you know? Oh, like, yes. it's just...
1: I think 2020 was really eye-opening for a lot of people. Like, the way mm-hmm. that we have been living is not okay. Like, I know
0: as a Black woman, I'll never understand what it's like to be a Black man in this country. And that's just kind of like the same mindset that I wish some of my friends had. You will never understand what it's like to be in my shoes. That's fine. Yeah. But at least try to educate yourself, especially mm-hmm. if you're going to have mixed children. Because, like, my thing is, like, I grew up biracial in a different time, and I wish my parents really took their time to, you know, embrace. I mean, they were embracive when it came to, like, different cultures and religions and stuff like that, but I just felt very alone because I, yeah. I didn't think I had anywhere to belong And I had no one to talk about it until I got older. And I met other people that felt the same that been through the same things as me. And like, it was a little bit different for me, because my dad didn't grow up here. He's 70. He moved to the US when he was 35. So like, when he was growing up, it was really different in the DR than it was in America. And so when I used to say stuff like that, I would piss off the black community. Like I'm not black enough for them. Thinking that I'm saying I'm not Black. I'm Black, but I'm saying, like, my dad had a different experience because he didn't grow up in the U.S. Yeah. During civil rights, like, during all of that, which he would have if he was here. People, like, really have opened their eyes and just, you know, really take in everyone's story and kind of, like, realize, okay, Mm -hmm. this is what other people go through, you know? and just listen.
1: Mm-hmm. I hope that 2020 has, at least for people who are our age and who have children can be like, hi, here's some education, let's grow up differently. So when mm-hmm. they are older,
0: it's- Hopefully like what we're doing now is gonna help later down the road. Long story short, I did not know like tags were a thing with cars, like my parents paid for it. And so when I got married, mm-hmm. I like, was like, you know, you have to get your, your tags removed. I was like, what? My parents were still in Knoxville and they had they gave my tags. I threw them away accident. So I had to call the police department and like report that they were lost. Okay. So that's important. So six months later, I'm at the, I'm at a Kroger and I'm walking and a police officer is like, does anyone have a Honda Accord? And I said, I do. And they thought my car was stolen. And there was five police cars around my car. And like I said, my mom's white. Also has a different last name, and she was on my car because this was when I was like first out of college, like she co signed on my car, so she was on the title. And we were terrified because things like this can escalate to a completely different story. Yeah, so my husband and I were like, Oh my god, like we're gonna get arrested, like, not, not gonna believe us. And it was all good, like, it was fine. And then we had to like call Metro police, and then they had to like put it up that it wasn't stolen, it was just lost. That I'm the driver. And I told my mom the story, and that was one of the first times she was like, if that was me, I would have been like, it's my car. I would have been scared, you know? Yeah. And that was one of the most eye-opening, like, no, it was pre-COVID, so I think it was like 2019, and that was slowly, like, she was understanding, and I would just have friends that I just wouldn't listen, and then, like, it really bothered me that you were going to be dating outside your race, and you're going to have mixed children, but not ask for mixed friends or experience. It like really yeah. like got underneath my skin about it because I was like you have the resources make sure your kid is going to be okay about their hair tech that's a whole thing mm-hmm. like the fact that I have hair is like survival of the fittest because like my <laughs> mom had no idea how to do my hair at all yeah you know and YouTube wasn't a thing back then so I feel so exhausted and I had to really redo my friendships I had to like Really distance my people that I that I grew up with during my pregnancy because I had to focus on
1: my health. When did you go into labor? Were you at home? Funny
0: story, you know how they always tell you, you know, like a first-time mom, like you're probably gonna have to get induced, you're gonna go overdue, like it's gonna be a long road ahead of you, a long journey. And so, about 37 weeks, Grady e had dropped, but I didn't have any dilation or any like effacement or anything like that at my 39th week appointment they checked me I was fine like still zero zero like I scheduled my induction day and everything and on November 17th it was that appointment that night I started cramping a little bit and I was like this is weird and hindsight like when I was like sleeping I was kind of like am I in labor like I was just so tired I didn't know so then that morning I wake up and, you know, I've, i see some different stuff in my underwear and I'm like, I think I'm an early, yeah. but it's like so hard to tell at that point. So then I'm working on like a bouncy ball in here, just like going like this, like yeah. talking to my coworker. They had no idea I was in labor besides like one of my friends that is at my job. And then they got worse and worse and worse. It was all on my back. And I called them, and they said, "Oh no, you're fine. You're not in labor. Your baby she's sitting on your back." I said, "Okay." I called the hospital. Called my daughter. said, okay, cool. But then it came in waves. So I was like, "This is contractions." And I think by 4 p.m. they were five minutes apart. Oh,
1: and yeah.
0: I went to the hospital, and I was like screaming bloody murder. I'm like, "I need epidural right now!" Like I was. In the- it was all on my back. It felt like the Hulk was just like ripping my back apart. I went to the hospital at, like 5 p.m. I was in triage, they checked me, I was at like almost a four. And so that's like the number you have to be at for them to admit you. Mm-hmm. But my blood pressure was a little high. It had been a little high, like starting at 38 weeks. Cause I had really bad anxiety when it comes to like being sick and illnesses, like the <laughs> hypochondria, yeah. like really yes. bad. Like,
1: Girl, we're the same. Yes.
0: Really bad. Like I was terrified to get pregnant in that sense. Cause I was like, what if I have some dormant disease? Like, I was just terrified mm-hmm. of the I whole know. thing. Like each scan was scary. Like each blood test was scary. Like. So um, it's, scary. I, it's scary and no one like will talk about it. And so I looked it up. I have like white coat syndrome or something. Your blood pressure like goes up because you're just scared. Yeah. So I like, yeah. never can get a good reading because I'm always like shaking when they're checking my blood pressure because <laughs> I know, because <laughs> I know that's like a really like what, black woman died from it was a little high I was in there 30 40 minutes and it was like that cuff there's like went on, on and on and on and so they admitted me because I was like high blood pressure and they checked they checked me for preeclampsia. yeah so I was in there and then I got the epidural immediately because I was in so <laughs> much pain and I had him 12 hours later Oh, the next wow. day at six, uh, six o'clock in the morning and they had to give me pitocin at the very end and at the very end like my cervix was like a hundred percent but not every part of it was so they had to give me a little bit of like pit and then I, I pushed him out 30 minutes and he was here at six twelve that morning it was wow. insane I was That's like in complete shock for like a week that I had a baby because I was like <laughs> expecting <laughs> um, I was expecting to like go overdue like it was just surreal that I had him a whole week early. Yeah. It just wasn't something I had, had planned. I mean, you know, you can't make plans. But luckily, I'm a planner, and I had, like, everything already packed by, like, 36 weeks. Because I had heard about stuff like this happening.
1: Did y'all yes. have to wear masks?
0: Yes. That's I pushed so weird to with, me. Because um, I'm just a big – I don't know how I'm going to say this, like, without sounding a certain way – I didn't want the doctors to think I was a certain way. So I put my mask on. What do you mean? Because they didn't, like, like I didn't want them to be, like, assume that I didn't care about COVID.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. You
0: see what I'm saying? Like, I wanted them to, like, know, okay, she respects us. Yeah. Because, so they never were, like, you have to wear a mask. I chose to wear a mask because I wanted them to feel comfortable this was like the thick of it I was thankful that I had him before the holidays so I got like a a basket from the nurses I'm "I'm gonna do anything in my power for them not to like for them to treat me well so I got this huge like basket (laughs) say thank you
1: and the nurses do most most of everything anyway
0: and no one tells you that your doctor's in there for maybe 20, (laughs) 20 minutes I remember, like, this is really sad. I don't even think, like, anyone knows it. I don't even think my husband knows this. But when I was pregnant, I wrote a letter in my phone to my son because I thought I was going to die. Yes. Like, that's how bad my anxiety was, like, when I was pregnant because I literally thought I wasn't going to see it through. Like, I almost, like, couldn't be happy because I was terrified I was going to lose my baby or die. Yes, And I was like, it's just too good of a thing. I was like, something has to go wrong. The way the world was, it was just something that I felt so alone. Like I knew my some of my friends kind of knew I was struggling, but they just like really couldn't understand. Like because I deal with like the anxiety, people kind of like are like you're fine. But like anxiety is like terrible, especially when you're pregnant. Yeah, um, and even when I gave birth, I didn't cry. Because I just was wanting him to be okay first. Mm-hmm. so I wanted to hear him cry. I know like that's important for baby to cry when they first come out, mm-hmm. but it's still like that whole process I had to just be strong. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have any sign of weakness because it's just something that I had to push through to get to where I'm at now, you know?
1: yeah, did you have any type of postpartum depression after?
0: I still deal with postpartum anxiety really bad. Depression, thankfully, not so much besides like, I was just sleep deprived like this first couple of weeks. Like I really thought I never was going to sleep again. I was just, how do people do this? How do people function? Like I will always get like two hours of sleep because I had a lot of anxiety. It came to my, um, like, supply, like, when I found breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified that he wasn't eating enough milk, and no one prepared me for that anxiety. To be that anxious about, like, feeding your kid. And I think infant feeding it, like, in a hole is stressful. Yeah. Even if you formula, you, you through an exclusive pumper, like, all of it is hard. And so I dealt with a lot of anxiety when it came to that. And then the car seat, like driving with him, was really anxious for me. When we were pregnant, we couldn't take any classes because of the pandemic. Everything was canceled. That's right. Like newborn classes, CPR, all of that was virtual. And I was like, I'm not going to pay for a virtual class when I can go to YouTube. I did pay for a sleeping class because I was like, I need help.
1: The whole just being a parent is a lot of anxiety and a lot of... You have to do you know, whatever
0: works for you, you know, but... So do I you talk to anyone? I actually, I'm going to my first therapy appointment next week. Oh, good. Talk about everything, like not just pregnancy. Like, yeah. Every, like my childhood, racial I- identity issues that I dealt with growing up. Mm. Um, just different stuff, just to have like an unbiased opinion of people that don't know anyone in my life would be nice. I've been wanting to seek out therapy But it was just something I had to prioritize now. And now everything is like kind of opening back up again. It's a little bit easier. But I understand. Therapy is great. Everything happens for a reason, you know, it's cliche. And that, um, you know, it was just my journey. Like it's just something that I had to go through and was going to get me here and be a better mom. And maybe we all had to go through this to learn. You
1: know, 2020
0: was a big eye-opening year. I think it was like people needed it for sure.
1: I, I agree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>